Welcome to the Ask Philip podcast. Today, Philip talks about Bitcoin hits an all-time high, how to protect your money from inflation, and old world rules versus new world rules. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. And now, here's Philip. All right, back with another episode of the Ask Philip podcast. If you have not listened to the last Friday's episode about uh, America's insolvent, just don't know it yet, and the episode I dropped yesterday that was about my thoughts on the new Bitcoin futures ETF and why understanding currencies matter, those were two, like, I think of. Uh, all the podcasts I've done around the investing paradigm shift for the next 20, 30, 40 years, I think those two are the best. So go ahead and listen to those. This is a kind of a continuation of that thought process. And what, where I'll go first is, you know, so uh, the, the, the Federal Reserve, the central banks around the world have been doing their best to create inflation, you know, for a while. And as I mentioned before, inflation is just another tax that is that is a way to um, suck value from savers. So inflation is, uh, you know, debasing the currency, making it worth uh, less. They do this in order to, to pay back debts with cheaper money. Right. Think of it as, you know, if if you had your own printing press and your own currency and you owed somebody a million dollars and then you could just print million dollars over time and pay them back with that money because you weren't able to make more money because you were overspending. And that's what the government can do. The problem is, uh, you know, scarcity is what makes things valuable. And as it becomes more, uh, more if, if there's only a fixed uh, amount of goods and services to buy, but there's more money, uh, it makes the value of the money worth less relative to the goods and services. Again, the, the example I like to use is a uh, room full of uh, heterosexual men and women. Uh, if there's more men than women. The women are more valuable because they're more scarce, and and vice versa. So that's that's inflation and what's going on. So the question becomes: when when you have a situation right now where the central the, the central banks around the world or the major rich countries are all because they they meet together. And this is a coordinated um, you know effort. Although there's there's not been a it's been behind closed doors because there's nothing out in public where they've said it, but you can kind of see the actions of all of them together. And, and, and in the past, they've coordinated uh, monetary policy. Um, they're, they're all, whether it's coordinated or uncoordinated or went, went, you know, wink, wink, hint, hint, um, you know, uncoordinated, whatever's happening, they're all at the same time devaluing their currency to pay back all their debts for the world, like China's in a lot of debt. U.S., Japan, Europe, and so you have it happening all at the same time. And and when that happens, the regular everyday person doesn't really know what's going on. They just see, you know, house pricing getting high, house pricing, house housing prices getting higher, healthcare getting higher, uh, the price of buying assets like stocks and bonds for your retirement get higher. It leads to energy next next, and then food. Right again, I go into detail on this on the previous episode, and so. You know, in order to 
make sure that 10 years from now, five years from now, your money is able to buy what it's able to buy today and you're not poorer, you know, because you can have the same amount of money and be poor in this scenario because the cost of everything goes up relative to your money. So if that were to happen, the question becomes, Philip, how do I protect my money? And the, and the answer is, and this has been time-tested answers since the beginning of time, you buy scarce assets. So, you know, China stopped buying U.S. government treasury bonds like around, and I'm, I'm going to get this completely wrong, but it's around 2014, 15. And they began to use their excess money to buy commodities, right? Land, land with commodities on it in places like Africa, things that were naturally resource, resource uh, rich. They, they used the treasury bonds that they had that were becoming worthless because of quantitative easing. And they bought hard currency, hard assets. Uh, they also have been buying gold. But, and, and, and so since the beginning of time, whenever government currencies have begun to become devalued, you have the smart money buying hard, scarce assets, uh, which typically was real estate, gold, metals, commodities. And so this, the, and, and today, now you have Bitcoin, which is said by, if, if you, if you, the Paul to the Jones of the world, to the Ray Dalios, like, and he, the, it's, 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 it's very rare when you get people that look at the world differently of different ages that uh, all agree on the same thing. So uh, the people who understand macroeconomics that invest in across asset classes, not just stocks, right? Um, young and old, right? They all are saying, yeah, big, even Mark Cuban, who's a, does a lot of Dogecoin and irresponsible stuff in crypto. All these guys are saying, yeah, Bitcoin is the like scarcest, uh, best store of value on the planet, right? Because of it's the most scarce asset. It's only going to be 21 million uh, Bitcoin. And so scarce assets is how you protect your money from inflation. But also you look at real estate, right? You also find companies uh, that can grow at a higher rate than the money printing. Uh, which is important. And, and, and so these are your new innovative companies. And then also companies that are specifically uh, involved in the Bitcoin crypto ecosystem, because the cool part about that is you have these companies where their cost of borrowing is going down because of all the money printing and because people are more comfortable with crypto. And, and, and so you have them with the ability to, um, you know, Michael, Michael Saylor of micro strategies uh, is the uh, most uh, bold uh, has done this the best and, and you can look up and see what he's done, but they're able to go and borrow debt cheap in the debt markets and then buy Bitcoin and put it on their balance sheet. So you have a whole bunch of crypto companies doing it. I mean, you have other companies do it too, but you have a whole bunch of crypto companies doing it, miners and the such that, um, that are putting this on the balance sheet, which also are good buys, right? Because they're, you know, and I talked about this in previous episode, converting their, their fiat, their, you know, you, their government money um, to Bitcoin. And so uh, all this, you see Bitcoin hit a record high today. And this is because like inflation is getting out of control, right? And people are sitting right on the wall. The, these stimulus checks and money printing government programs are going to have to continue every single year, which, which I've been saying since I bought Bitcoin instead of the podcast, May of 2020. So this is nothing new. It's just the market is waking up to it. And the writing is like, becoming more and more on the wall. That's the beginning part. The second part I really want to cover, and this is the meat of it, is as we transition into this new world, there's a lot of things that are changing. And I just want to give like some examples um, in the investing world, not in the investing world, so people can be prepared for what's going on. And so 
you know, old, old world was you had to work uh, at a company. Now, I think the world is moving to, especially after COVID, when people want to be, they got a little taste of independence and they were like, Man, I don't want to go back to slavery. <laughs> you have people who are becoming more contract workers, uh, which, you know, you're like an independent worker or you own your own business. Sales it used to be phone or door to door. Now creating content is the way to attract uh, people to you. Podcasts, blogs, YouTube. Um, I haven't, uh, I've told a lot of people like this for this business. I've made a cold call to build this business. I built it all through content and, and it puts you in a way different position, way different game than everybody else because people come to you versus you being the annoying person who's calling people 15 times and not getting a hint or shooting them emails over and over again or, you know, God forbid, going door to door. Um, uh, waiting tables, right? That used to be the way to uh, be a quote-unquote independent um, contractor back in the day. Now people are moving to DoorDash, Uber Eats to do it. That's why, that's why you see a lot of restaurants that are having trouble finding uh, employees to work. Okay, another change, work at a location versus location independent work. Again, I'll talk more about that on my Friday episode. Factory workers versus coders. Okay, factory workers were the ones that built the infrastructure. Uh, factory workers, you know, construction workers, all that kind of stuff were the ones that built the infrastructure for uh, for the 19th century. Now the digital infrastructure is being built by coders, right? By the way, it doesn't mean we're gonna get rid of factory workers. I'm just saying where the value is moving towards and where a lot of money is gonna it can be made. You have banks, now we have digital wallets and people can run their own nodes um, to secure a network and process payments, which also you can throw in their digital wallets, uh, node runners and, you know, Bitcoin or mining, right? Crypto mining. Uh, next one is clerical workers, right? Versus offering services for people. So you have a lot of apps that are replacing the need for a lot of the people that, you know, would quote unquote push papers, um, but there's also a need for like services around the people that are making money in the new economy. So my neighbor, he has like this, uh, I think every, once a week, it's the service that pulls up. They scoop the dog poop out of his yard and he doesn't, he doesn't have to worry about it. But there's all kinds of like small services where people just like don't want to do it. And so that can, you know, that can replace some of the other jobs, you know, along with, and this is what I did not include in my notes, but along with people just pursuing their, their own passion. So you also are going to place a lot of these, you know, clerical jobs, people being able to get paid for video gaming, right? Get get paid for podcasting. So if they're not selling anything for a business, um, they could, you know, create a, create a podcast in narrow niche for what they like and make 50 grand a year, you know, from sponsors in that narrow niche. For example, if you're like a Marvel fan or a fan of a specific Marvel show, like let's say Titans on HBO, um, you can create a podcast around Titans and make some money. Same money you would make pushing papers at a big corporation, but there's infinite amount of those jobs there. Government uh, money is safe in the old world versus in the new world. Government money may be used to transact, but the reserve asset of the internet is Bitcoin. Um, teacher teaching in school versus offering a tutor service. And I mentioned that in the previous episode. Uh, physical art in the old world, digital art. Old world, build the local following, you know, for for your business, which meaning like you had to 
rely on like local organizations and chambers to build a community of people who knew you, who felt comfortable with you, and you had to repeat and go every single week to these events versus like build an online following, online community. Old world sell to your local community versus new world sell to the world. Uh, old world stocks were risk assets. New world uh, risk assets are on the blockchain, which is going to include stocks, uh, but also other tokens and NFTs that are created um, on blockchains. Another crypto mining also falls into the new world because it's a parallel to like oil and gas rigs, right? Being in an oil and gas uh, mining industry or drilling industry uh, is being replaced by crypto mining. And also oil and gas has also been replaced by like the renewables business as well. So lots of parallels. Um, chamber membership dues will be replaced by an NFT token to become part of the, uh, of the community. Giving to nonprofits and not knowing where those monies are being spent. Nonprofits create uh, NFT tokens in the new world that allow you to put in your digital wallets. People know what organizations you support. Uh, and you can track where the funds go on the blockchain. So these are just a few that I sketched out, um, just brainstorming in like three, four minutes. Um, and it just kind of flowed out naturally. I'm, I'm sure if I do it again, I can I can get hundreds of these. But I just want to kind of help expand the mind of like where the world is going. And I think one of the big misperceptions that people have of being successful is like, we, 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 it's a saying that calls lecturing birds how to fly. So the, the analogy is, you know, birds, like they fly, they just learn how to fly. But, you know, our society, the, the way that humans work is we'll then say, oh, okay, yeah, let's, let's build something around this. Let's create a university. Let's put all the little birds in there and let's teach them, you know, how to fly. And then we lecture them, we show them do this, and then they can go out and they fly. Right. I mean, that, this is similar as this where they're successful business people like John D. Rockefeller, you know, Andrew Carnegie. They, these people didn't have, didn't go to like universities on how to build businesses. You, you can look at even Elon Musk, like game changers, revolutionary guys who are revolutionary, revolutionizing the game. Um, there was no university teaching Elon Musk how to create uh, um, three different billion dollar companies and three different areas or there wasn't an internet classes to teach Jeff Bezos in 1996 how to do e-commerce, right? A lot of these things that are built where there's lots of money being made are innovations by design. There's no teacher in advance. And so the biggest upside comes from being early in the industry. That's the trend. Now, if you want to learn something that's already being done, that's cool, but there's less value in it over time because everything is kind of like uh, not a Ponzi scheme, but maybe like a pyramid scheme. The early adopters get the biggest gains. You're early on Twitter, you got lots of followers if you, if you were good. And 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 you can get the same amount of followers, but you got to be a lot better than, than the early people. Same on Instagram, all the social networks. That's just how things work. Um, same with money. You own Bitcoin early, um, then you're richer than everybody else as the network gets adopted around the world. Um, and this is this is this is just how things work. So you, if, if you're early to becoming a leaving teaching and becoming a tutor and bringing lots of value, you get a disproportional upside being early than uh, the late comers. So I hope this helps, makes you smarter than you were before you listen to my podcast. Uh, if so, shoot me a rating on iTunes or our Apple Podcast. Share this in a group chat, Facebook group. 
uh, 10 friends, whatever. Um, do it one by one, as long as you share it. Um, and we'll talk tomorrow. Thanks. If you are interested in having a review of your portfolio or to see how far on track you are with your retirement goals, Philip offers complimentary consults through his company, Stonehill Wealth Management. For more information, log on to StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. That's StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.